Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're back. Another episode of the Battlefield Show. This is episode 36, man. 3-6. 36. Significant. Almost 40. And also, um, that's how old I'm going to be in one week's time. Um, A week today, your old da will be 36 years. In fact, uh, yes. No. A week on Thursday. A week on Thursday. A week. A week of order. 16th of July, year old da, 36 year old da. I um, I'm going to say this just now. Um, age has never age has kind of almost been backwards when it comes to me in the sense of I have I for example my mother, um, I believe was 46, 45 for about three years, maybe four years in a row, um. She would never tell us her date of birth. Obviously, we knew, you know, 13th of June. But the year was a, a mystery. Shroud in mystery. For a long, long time. And, um, you know, that the old saying, never ask a woman her age or her weight. Um, why why, why people are asking women their weight? Um, I have no idea. But that, that was a saying, you know. How old are you, you fat cow? You'd never ask a woman her weight or her age. Um but for men, it's it's always been a bit different, you know. And I, I wonder if that's because we, as in me, as in men, uh, him and he, men age better than women. And it's a conversation that's never raised um, because, you know, you obviously don't. Um, you know why I put, nope. Because a lot of old women start to turn into men as they get, old, as they get older, you know. Short hair. Um small stocky frames um maybe that's the uh the the, the real you know mystery of gender we all eventually become men um i don't know yeah i mean every is it not every 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 sperm's a, a female is that true every egg's a woman 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know very little about a lot of things, but I feel that uh, as long as I say it into a microphone on a podcast, then it makes me seem intelligent. But um, I'm getting older. Thirties have been uh, a shit time. Uh, I'm only just halfway through it, but I think the thirties have been kind of shite. And I'm looking forward to getting into my forties. I think that'll be a good. I think that'll be a good age. Forty plus. Uh, after that point. You know, I was going to say it's all downhill, but I mean, is it really downhill, or is it just that, you know, you know who you are? I mean, I know who I am. I'm me, you know, and you're you, and you're thinking, as usual, what a strange start to the show. But what I'm saying is 36, man. Now, to some of you listening, 36 is a pup, a child. But uh, I, I don't know, the last couple of days I've been thinking, I mean, I, I hate my own birthday, right? Always have hated it don't enjoy it, I don't like doing anything, I don't like fuss, and I'm no one of these people that's like, I don't really like anything happening in my birthday, you know, don't get me any gifts, I don't need any fuss, and what they're really meaning is, you better get me, see those people, those people are no looking for a thoughtful gift, those people are wanting the highest number of presents possible, right, so, if you're the type of person that's like, you know, I don't like any fuss, but read between the lines, meaning I want a big display, they would rather choose 100 shit presents over one incredibly thoughtful gift. Because to those people, it's all about show, you know? It's all about Instagram. Think of the posts, right? Think of the pictures. These fuckers. I want to go to this restaurant and I want to have... You know, this dress to wear and I want you to look at me and take pictures of me and it's all about me. Whereas, when it comes to my birthday, I, I, couldn't, care, I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Other people's birthdays, quite enjoy them. My own, never have. Um, I don't know what's happened. I, I don't remember ever having a, a shite birthday. Nobody touched me on my birthday. I don't know. But I've never enjoyed my own birthday. I wonder if in school, uh, shout out to Nicky P, Nicola Pollock, um, good personal friend of mine, uh, school friend, uh, same birthday, 16th of July, both, we shared the same birthday, so I, I think I was able to deflect a lot of the attention onto Nicola when we were young, because she had the same birthday, and also 16th of July, summer baby, you know, um, so you're not in school, so again, maybe it's, it's a bit easier have to deal with that but never liked it and um now that we're in lockdown i mean that doesn't really bother me having a lockdown birthday because i uh you know i probably wouldn't be doing much anyway i'd I'd, I'd like maybe i've gone for a nice meal if um if life was was normal if we had a life to live but we remain like guinea pigs trapped in a hutch eh maybe this maybe the reality of uh covid is that Maybe this is a simulation, you know? Maybe none of this is real. This is the Matrix, right? And there's been a virus in the system or there's been an update in the system that is life, that is Earth, that is the universe. You know, there's a bug, a glitch in the system and they're having to reboot it. And to do that, we, we're going through this lockdown. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, uh, as always, my mind is a, is a complete mixture of conspiracy theory and as I delve um, ever deeper into the world of complete um, detached mental health and full-blown uh, psychosis, I am believing that there is aliens in the sky <laughs> controlling us. 
Oh, right, how you been? Uh, as always, I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. You know, I hope you're happy. Right? I hope you're happy. N- none of us... There's, there's a word that hasn't been used very often over the last four months. Safe and well. Hey, we're banding that out. You know, like it's common language now. Like it's demolition, man. Be be well. Be be well. Are you happy? You know, are you happy? I hope you are. Am I happy? Thanks for asking. Uh, at this moment in time, no, I'm not. I'm stressed. I'm worried. Um, we are um, another week into this lockdown. I mean, Groundhog Day doesn't even cover it now because at least in Groundhog Day, he could do mad shit like fucking kill himself and start again. A little piano, you know. I've not even been able to do that. But we remain in lockdown. The old mental health has taken a bit of a kick in the last week or two. Um, it's it's a tough one, you know, because. As as a creative type, you know, as a as a stand up comedian, you are your brain is constantly active in a in a creative mode, right? So you're you're never you're never off, you never you never really rest because you're thinking of stuff to do. And you're you're planning, right? You're always planning six months ahead. You're always six months ahead of yourself, even a year ahead of yourself. Well, you're putting a diary together, you're putting tours together, you're working on a new show, and we'll discuss the new show in, in a wee bit. And while you're doing all of that, normally what's happened is you're, you're, you're gigging as normal. So every weekend, you will be away somewhere, whether you, you travel or whether you're local. Every weekend, you will be working, you'll be gigging, and you'll have that that boost from from gigs you know that that serotonin and and it, because i have not had that for so long i'm starting to to worry that we're never going to get that back now i don't need the stage i've never been one of those acts performers who craves it you know i know guys who are out seven nights a week because they they're lonely you know and they they cannot be off a stage I have never had that. Thankfully, I've never had that. I just love what I do. But not having access to it. And I think the thing is not knowing when we're going to get back. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day. And uh, at the time, we were just having a conversation. And it never really hit me till later on. She works in the, uh, well, for the SECC. And there's talks of them not having events on until 2021. And the thought of that is mind-blowing, it's staggering, you know, to think that we are, alright, we're in July now, but to go another six months, to go the rest of this year without having larger-scale performances, is I, I just, for one, I cannot imagine, I can't even begin to accept that that's going to be the case. And I understand, listen, I get it, people are still ill, people are still dying, but come on to fuck, man. You know, I think everybody knows at the point where we're fucking breaking. Pubs, pubs are back open in England. Everybody's out boozing again, man, eh? And right on cue, the working class are scumbags once again. I wonder how many journalists, you know, have been sitting, waiting 
for the fucking pubs to reopen. They've, they've probably had stories pre-written, typed up, ready to go to print about how working class people are scumbags. And and here's the thing, man, right? I, I, I believe they were referring it, uh, to it as Super Saturday. Um, well, and sports fans amongst us will know it's Super Sunday. But I don't think it was as bad as uh, as they had hoped. And that's the, that's the sad thing about the whole situation with the pubs reopening in England, is that there are people out there that had hoped it would be fucking carnage. And it wasn't as bad as what they thought. And they're saddened by that. And that in itself is a fucking pathetic look at how some people judge others in this country. After everything that we have gone through, everything that we've had, uh, Black Lives Matter protests, other protests that have been happening, social gatherings, people still wait for something to fucking jump onto. It's sad, man. Like I said before, it's laughable to, to think that when we first went into lockdown, people were given the fucking the big bullshit of we're going to come out this better people. If anything, given time, you know, the fucking, the real scum of this earth, the trolls, the sad, pathetic little cunts will always make it back to the top. Always. You, you can't get rid of these people. You know, everybody's got to take their own responsibility for removing these fucking scum from their lives, from your social medias, from your daily interactions. You've got to remove them, man. Distance yourself with these people because they're fucking scumbags. Cancel culture. Waiting for someone to be cancelled. Searching through shit. Desperately hoping that someone fucks up. Ready to pounce on them. The, the amount of people who are being put in the spotlight just now and then fucking screeds and screeds of stuff from, from years, decades gone past. And you're like, God, these people are just fucking desperate. It must, it, I often think the for the certain people who are fully on board at the edge of this cancel bullshit, just desperately searching for, for people to fuck up or for things that they've done wrong. It must be tiring, man. It must be fucking tiring just being that sad, just being that little person. It must be tiring. And the thing that I'm not getting is eventually this will come back, man. Karma's real, you know? All, everything goes round. Everything flows. If you are putting this much negativity out, man, eventually it comes back to you in some form. In some form. But with the pubs reopening, I I, I found it I found it interesting. Uh, I found it laughable. There was a, a couple of articles that were going around Instagram and Facebook that I saw um of some independent journalists um, you know, advising people to to watch out for what's happening in the in the news. Watch out because they're going to be targeting working class people. You know, they're going to be targeting working class people and they're going to be making out that you're the enemy and that you're the bad people. And I'm like, these are the same these are the same fuckers that'll do a story on some poor fucking woman having her kids taken off her, you know, or family going into care or people fighting there's, there's no there's no fucking morals with modern journalism. There's none at all, man. It's a fucking free-for-all. You know, advising you, watch it, because they're going to turn it against Do you think that anybody in a pub, in a fucking 
shit bit of the country in England is reading a, a newspaper going, they're turning, us ag- they're turning everybody against these guys. Just order a half pint instead of a pint. They're going to turn everybody against us. They make us to be the bad guy. They don't give a fuck, man. You know, people who are in pubs at the weekend, drinking and boozing, generally give a fuck. They couldn't care less. You know, that just, and here's the thing, I know. It doesn't make them bad people. You know, it doesn't make you a bad person. If you look after your your own bubble, you know, you look after your own circle. It doesn't make you a bad person, man. We, we, we've got to the point now where there's always got to be a bad guy. There's always got to be somebody to blame. Instead of just going, you fucking went to the pub. You know, how does the cunts went to the pub? Couple of pubs at a Barney. Yeah, there's Barneys and pubs every single day of the week. Probably more people are getting the shit kicked out of them in their house than they were at a pub at the weekend. But again, uh, I am sure you would have seen the images um, of Soho in London when the streets packed like a normal weekend. Um, again, not much to say about that. Nobody's going to attack the gays, but Soho in London was rammed, is the uh, technical term. Um, thousands of people. Um, you know, there's no point in even trying to kid on. Thousands of people uh, in the streets, uh, boozing and drinking. From what I can gather, from what what I've what I've read anyway. There's, there was no real, like there was no, there was no fighting. There was no, there was no issues. Right, there was no issues. There was just people out drinking, chatting, catching up with friends, making new friends. Maybe getting a pump, you know. the The interesting thing I did see in a lot of the pictures, and even the, even the coverage for the news when when the uh, when the police were were going about Soho, not not one of the police wearing a face mask. Now, now again, I'm not going to get on board this whole face mask thing right and i know for the 10th of july um in scotland you've got to wear a wear a face mask in any shops and can i say my face mask has arrived huh my face mask i have it here in my hand my face mask has arrived the lovely the missus god bless her i ordered me a face mask online because i have and i quote a fucking massive loaf so when I was putting on uh, your bog standard bastard face masks that a lot of you fuckers are wearing, it was like a postage stamp on my lips. Um, so I've had to go out and get a fucking special, fucking giant melon face mask to cover my cover my beard and my face, and it's it's arrived. And I tell you what, it's bloody lovely. So it is. so tenth of July, eh? I'll be tightening up the old skin and the snare drum, and I'll be out with the mask on. <laughs> But interesting that the first weekend that went by, um, the amount of hoo-ha, for want of a better phrase, uh, for people who were out and about boozing the pubs. And I imagine once the pubs are fully reopened in, in Scotland, there'll be a fair number of people. I mean, I was driving past uh, through Edinburgh, through Leith yesterday. I could not believe the amount of people outside pubs. Now again, right, not... not crammed, not large groups, beer gardens, sitting in, you know, sitting in chairs, social distance, you know, distance apart, but just sitting boozing or standing outside the pub with a pint, it it almost feels as if, sometimes when I'm out and I look at the situations, it feels as if no one's actually in control, 
that's what it feels like. Like, it feels as if government, police, positions of authority, none of it's real. Like, it doesn't exist. Like, what is, what is a government? We're getting, we're getting deep now, man. I've had fucking four coffees and I'm, I've crossed over. What is a government? On today's episode, does government exist? We're getting a bit fucking mushroom psychological here. Let me try and explain in layman's terms because I myself am a, a layman. You've got the government, right? You've got Bojangles in the south. You've got uh, the commander-in-chief starting up north. Each one saying different than the other. People less than 400 miles away from us are out. No masks, no PPE, getting pissed in a pub like they used to do. Our pubs apparently are not allowed to reopen yet. Yet when I drive by, people are sitting outside. Tables and chairs have been set up. People are standing outside pubs. People are standing in the street having a drink. What, what is the difference? You know? And who who really... Who, who is in charge, man? You know, who's controlling us? Is it time for an uprising? <laughs> this podcast's going to get shut down. I just... I think it's gone on too long. It's just gone on too long, man. Let's just be honest. It's just gone on too long. And we're, we're done now. We're, we're past caring. We're done. Any, any hope for humanity improving... It's fucking out the windy. Nobody cares anymore. Give me a pint and a fucking burger and let me sit in a pub and fuck off the lawyers. I think that's where most of us are at now. I tell you one thing we need to look out for. I mean, pe- the fact that people are now been a bit more switched on now to, to news... Is is beyond me, you know. I'm still, I'm still, I'm flabbergasted. Is the word I'll use that there are people who believe everything the news tells them, right? Now again, everything's fear mongering. A, a government's main responsibility, right? And I'm, and I'm, and the media, their main role is to keep you afraid. It's not to keep you informed, right? You're, you're, you're missing the point here if you think that. The BBC, Sky News, fucking Fox News, you know, The Sun, The Mirror, even the fucking Guardian, a bullshit fucking Guardian. Its main job is to keep you afraid, alright? And each of them will have their own thing that they lead with fear. Some uh, newspapers will be immigration, right? Some newspapers will be the left, Okay, but their job is to keep you afraid. Now, the last thing, let us talk about the pubs reopening, right? This article has been posted on Tuesday, okay? So the pubs reopened in England on Saturday. And the headline reads, Three pubs close days after reopening as customers test positive for COVID-19, right? Now, this is on the Tuesday, okay? This was This was published. And uh, this has got Times next to it when it's published as well in this particular uh, news outlet, right? And this was published at 11 minutes past 7 a.m. Tuesday morning. So that means that the news story must have come out on Monday. Now, so what they are what they are wanting you to believe is that somebody has gone to a pub on Saturday 
when the pubs reopened, somehow contracted COVID-19 at that pub, came home, displayed the symptoms within 24 hours, then went straight to the hospital, let's say Sunday afternoon, right? Let's say Sunday night, they went straight to the hospital. Had it confirmed, and then on Monday, contacted the fucking Metro to let them know that they contracted the virus in the pub. What a lot of fucking bullshit. Everybody knew this was going to be the stories that are coming out. As soon as the pub's real. And i tell you something else. See, as soon as everybody's back in hairdressers as well up here, it's got to be the same thing. As soon as pubs reopen in Scotland, the very night, on the Monday after the first weekend, it will be cases are up. No, no, no. No, I don't believe any anymore. Cases are up. People contracting Bollocks. And also, I love the fact that the, the three pubs that are mentioned in this article, there's pictures of them. And they, honestly, every single one of these pubs looks like it's out of Shameless. It looks like this is a, a direct lift from Shameless. It is three of the shittest, roughest looking fucking pubs I've ever seen in my life. And it's surprising that these are the ones that somehow contracted. As if now it's been pushed back to being a class thing, a poor thing, you know? Oh, it's only poor cunts now that get it because we're dead rich and we're drinking nice pubs. As if, if you pay two fifty for a pint, you're more likely to get COVID-19 than you are if you pay six or seven pounds for a pint. It says, three pubs have been forced to close within days. Days of reopening. I mean, you wouldn't even within days. Within a day of reopening. But now they're, they're outbreaks, you know? COVID-19 has been has been sitting lurking in the pub waiting for them to open so they could go fucking shiklaki. Have that, you poor working class bastard. It says here, uh, the, the Lighthouse Kitchen, which actually has quite a nice name, um, but a shithole nonetheless, uh, and Carvery. Oh, it's a... Oh, it's a <laughs> I take that back. I take that back. The Lighthouse Kitchen sounds like a nice name, right? And you might have people going like, do you fancy going down to the Lighthouse Kitchen? It's that new gastro pub that's opened in the by the by. Do you fancy it? I think they're doing a special. I know you can get pie chips and beans and a pint of stout for three forty five. <laughs> I think they've done a rebrand there. I think that's what's happened. I think somebody's been plugged. They've had their fucking lower intestine removed, tied around his neck, like a bow tie. Chelsea smiled. Any, you know, gang torture warfare has happened in this pub. The fruit machine is covered in blood. And then somebody broke in and stole all the copper piping. And the brewery was like, I can have no more of this. No more of this. This has got to stop. They fucking took the copper piping. And the breweries went, right, listen. We love what you're doing with the place. Alright? You've been you've been uh, you've been good landlords of the fighting cock for decades now, but listen, we're gonna do a rebrand, we're gonna put twenty grand in it, we're gonna get a, a full flourish, a brand new kitchen, and we're gonna focus sales on, on food, right? We want you to be a gastro pub 
And the landlord's like, I don't know, man, this is a pretty rough tune, you know. I don't think they want any of that foreign muck. You know, they want good British classics like chicken curry. <laughs> Beef stroganoff. So the brewery got away. Paint job, you know, new layout. Come back with the rebrand, they call it the Lighthouse Kitchen. Six months in, it's dying its ass, and they've got to add the word Carvery. <laughs> they've got to add the word Carvery on it. <laughs> Do you want to go to the Lighthouse Kitchen, Franco? Absolutely not. That fucking shite hole. Bloody haggis bonbons. What the fuck is that? It's a Carvery now as well. Onwards! It's amazing how two words, two very simple words, and carvery can turn a place from potentially being very high-end to an absolute shite What? No, here, listen. Here. I'll tell you right now. Hot off the press. Your old dad loves a fucking carvery, as if that wasn't obvious. Love a carvery, right? I think it's one of the finest... Ideas, creations, naughty man is a carvery. Do you want a large plate? You're damn right I do. Double Yorkshire pudding. Yes, please. But. So I'm just writing down carvery. Be honest with me. Have any of you ever been to a high-end carvery? Let me answer that question for you. No, you haven't. It doesn't exist. And if it does exist, it's not a real carvery. A carvery is meant to be rough, right? It can be in as nice a done-up pub as you want. As soon as you put the word carvery on your menu, you're going to attract a certain type of clientele. And that clientele is scumbags. No, but it doesn't make them bad people. Right? I'm a scumbag. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Just means I love a carvery. <laughs> I wouldn't even trust a pub that had a high-end carvery. I don't even know what that would consist of. Sometimes there's nothing better than a carvery. You know that? You stand there and it's... Three bits of meat. Now, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. A carvery... Should have three options, right? It should be a lot of times you're gonna get turkey, turkey or chicken, beef, and then I would say a ham, right? Would be your third one. There's your meats, right? And if you know how to carve it properly, you've got large plate, double yorkie, or the meats, right? So you're getting a slice of everything. You're, you're trying, you're trying everything that's on offer, right? The the guy. Standing behind that carvery table, right? The carverer of the carvery. He didn't do 10 to 15 years in a maximum security prison up in the north of Scotland to know cut you three bits of meat. Highly trained. You know? Went for the job application. They says to him, have you got any history in the catering business? He went, I have not. It says, have you got any experience in the carvery business? It says, I cut up my ex-wife's throat. And it says, you're hired. A man that knows his way around a knife. 
and he's standing behind that hot plate. Chef's white son, you know, living a lie. Does he know how to spell chef? But he's dressed like one. He's got the paper hat on. Why? To add the illusion of fine dining. That's why. It's all about presentation. It's all about illusion. Okay? If we were to strip this back to what it actually is, a load of ex-convicts selling sliced meat, nobody's gone there. But if I stick him in a chef's hat and a fucking white jacket, suddenly it feels fancy. And he says to you, what are you after, big man? And you go, I'll take everything. And he says, thank fuck for that. And then you have that staring contest, you know? He puts the fork in to the bit of beef and then he lines the knife up and then you stare at that bit of beef. And that stare is telling him two things. One, it's telling him that you are a fat bastard and that you will dominate him if need be because he puts that knife against that beef and you stare. And that stare tells him he wants a thicker slice and then he moves it. A little bit, and you go, come on, big boy, don't tease me now. <laughs> and then he cuts the meat. You know, he gives you the plate, and he says, Yorkshire puddings, and you, you nod. You don't even need to respond, you nod, because he knows you want Yorkshire puddings. And then if it's a fancy kind of cavalry, he might say you chip a lattice, and you go, fucking fling it on, mate. Fling it on. And then he'll do the dance. You know, he'll do the carvery dance. Where he'll say to you, help yourself to veg and potatoes. And you think, oh, I will. Oh, I will. And here's how I do it. Right? Here's how I do it. I have known people in the past who remove the Yorkshire pudding from the plate in order to give themselves more surface area to work with. I'm going to tell you right now, you're a fool. You're going to want to spread your meat. <laughs> spread your meat. That's the name of this episode. You're going to want to spread your meat along, across that plate, right? Almost to offer a, a, a meat covering on the, on the bottom of the plate. So you shouldn't be able to, really, in an ideal world, you're not going to see any plate because your meat it's completely covering the plate. I'll allow, I'll allow a, a one centimetre rim in order that you can still grip the plate, right? Because sometimes what they fucking do is they heat the plate, you know, so you can't hold it underneath. Maybe when you get a couple of napkins, cover yourself, protect yourself for the carvery, right? So you got a layer of meat, then you're going to move your Yorkshire puddings to 12 o'clock on the plate. So we're going to do, okay? Now we're going to use the Yorkshire puddings as a vessel, as a Yorkshire bowl, if you will, you're going to make a choice. It's going to be a difficult choice, but you're going to make a choice on veg straight off the bat, right? Some people will say to you, get your totties in there, get a good layer. I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Make a decision on veg, right? Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm going green beans. There, I said it. I'm going green beans. And I'm going green beans for one or two reasons. One, I don't normally have them at home. And two, they are a good layer. You need you need to start thinking about veg that's going to lie well, 
right? So I go green beans. And I can take as many of them as I want. If need be, I can cover the whole of the meat in green beans. If, if I want to, if I'm feeling crazy. That's how heavy you can go on the green beans. Next for me, I'm going a mixture of peas and sweet corn. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going next, right? Some of you may be sitting going, fucking hell, big man, that's taking a sharp left turn. That's where I go. That's where I go with my cavalry. It's a mixture of peas and it's a mixture of sweet corn. And you're saying to yourself, where is that gone? Is that gone in your shirt pocket? It is not. That's gone inside the first of your Yorkshire puddings. That's where it's gone. Okay? You fill that wee pudding up <laughs> with as much peas and sweet corn as you can handle to the brim. Right? And your second Yorkie, that's where your carrots go. Now, if it's one of these calories that hit you with the fucking, the full baby carrots, avoid that. Go for something else. Or just leave it empty. Right? Leave it empty. Let's be honest. Peas, sweet corn, green beans, that's enough veg. That's enough veg. But if you want to go for a fourth veg, if it's carrots, carrots, you get that in the other Yorkie. Now we're on our potato options. Right? And I don't fuck about when it comes to potatoes. I'm no much a mash man. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a roasty. When it comes to a carvery, I'm a roast potato man. So I'm going to take my roast potatoes. And again, I'm going to layer them out on top of the meat and the green beans. Right? I'm not looking to pile the spuds. I'm looking to layer them out. Nice and flat. A single layer of potatoes. Now... If you positioned your meat and green beans correctly, you could easily get up to 20 potatoes on this plate. Then, if you really want to go extra on top of the spuds, goes a layer of cauliflower cheese. Alright, again, cutler scoops it in the middle and then space it out with the bottom of the ladle. Now, you're going to have a hefty plate on your hand here, right? But don't you dare show any weakness. Don't you dare show any weakness and how you show weakness to a cavalry employee is by carrying that plate with two hands you carry that with one hand one hand don't you dare put two hands on it because all they'll do is you walk past go look at that idiot that fat bastard can't even carry his plate with one horn he said to use two hands a greedy fat bastard don't show weakness one hand you grip it so you get your meat in a layer, you get your green beans, you get your Yorkies positioned at 12 o'clock on the plate and they're filled with veg. Then you've got a layer of roast potatoes and then a layer of cauliflower cheese. This thing's about fucking 8 inches deep on the plate. Perfectly layered. Perfectly layered. And if you've done it right, everything should be at the same level. <laughs> so your tatties and your my, your uh, cauliflower cheese should all be at the same level as the top of the Yorkshire pudding. That's the perfect cavalry plate. And then you head over to the gravy station. And you do what you want. I'm not going to judge you. Me, personally, I go for a spoonful of cranberry sauce. And then I ladle the gravy into each of the Yorkshire puddings. And then I go one full ladle over the top of everything else and that's my cavalry and now after saying that I want a cavalry 
and I imagine after hearing it, you want a cover as well. But uh, that's my, my top tip. Spread your meat. <laughs> Spread your meat. We've been off on a tangent in that one. But uh, yes, that's what happens when the word carvery is brought in. Uh, and back to the story. Lighthouse Kitchen and Carvery, uh, Burnham-on-Sea in Somerset, a rough bit of the country. Uh, the Fox and Hounds. How many Fox and Hounds are there in the UK? In a place called Batley, West Yorkshire. In the village home in Alverstock, Gosport, which also sounds like a shithole, uh, were the first pubs to close in England after restrictions were eased. Thousands of drinkers flocked to pubs on Super Saturday to enjoy a drink following three months of lockdown. But all three pubs have revealed on Facebook, on Facebook, that well-known source of high journalism, that they had to close again just days uh, later due to confirmed cases. Why would a pub need to close? Because it's a confirmed case. Eh? Surely the person that's got it. Oh, there's no, do you know what? There's no point in even talking about this anymore because it's just so many things. You, you can have the virus, but you might not show symptoms. You could have the virus, but you'll not spread it. You could contract the virus and pass it to somebody and have no symptoms yourself. You could contract the virus and not pass it and die. It's just, hey, it's beyond me. The Lighthouse uh, Kitchen and Calvary said a customer had tested positive and it was making its way through a list of people who were in the bar on Saturday. It added, all our staff are going to be tested and we will reopen when the time is safe to do so. The Fox and Hound said it would be closed until further notice after receiving a call from a customer on Monday to say they had tested positive for coronavirus. Posting on its Facebook page, it said all staff had since taken a test and added that the pub will be fully deep cleaned and when safe to do so will reopen its doors. Um, the village home said it, it also had a case of coronavirus in the pub, adding that some of us are in isolation. Its statement, its statement, its statement on Facebook said the pub is now shut. Uh, all being well, will open again on Saturday. I mean, take the week off because it was such a heavy night for you. Anyway, anyone who was in the pub over the weekend, there is no need to isolate unless you so show symptoms or are contacted direct by the Trace Group. Thank you and hope to see you soon. Closure will cause concerns in the sector, which has been act uh, acutely affected by the crisis. I don't think it's going to cause any. I don't think it's going to cause any concern in the sector. It may cause concern for uh, landlords, people that run venues, um, that you know there's going to be so much focus and scope on people when they do reopen if, if anything is contracted or if numbers go up. But I think people are just so desperate to get to get back to some kind of normal life again. Um, and see everybody who's posting things like, it's really sad and pathetic that people are just so desperate to get back to the pub. Listen, not everybody who goes to a pub's a Jake Ball or a fucking loser or a pathetic cunt as some people are making it. There are people who, for them, it's, it's a community thing, you know? And if, if we are at a time or, or a place in life now where we're, we're trying not to judge as much, what what is the difference between someone who, for example, joins a running club? Or they join a walking club. And they go to a walking club once a week because they want to meet new people, uh, make some friends, socialise, you know, maybe feel a bit better about themselves, maybe they're, they're, they've, they've been isolated for months or they feel quite isolated or they don't have a support system, a network, they don't have many friends. 
what's the difference from that and someone who goes to a pub once a week and who is a regular and who knows the staff and who knows other regulars and meets up and that's their little group and that's their community. They're doing no harm, you know. They're just going to a pub and, and, and they've been, they've lost friendships. You know, they've, they've lost their place to go because of the lockdown. They've not been able to have that routine and so they, they are desperate to get back. Not necessarily for an alcohol reason, just to have that access to that network again. What What's the difference between those two things? I don't see any difference other than how it's portrayed in the media or how they want you to think about people who are desperate to get back into a pub. Am I desperate to get back in a pub? Yes and no. Yes, because I would like to go out again. I'd like to sit in a garden, have a couple of pints, have a chat, feel as if you are around people again. Don't necessarily want to talk to people. Don't necessarily want to go and have a, a bender or go mad in a pub. But it would be nice to go out on a weekend, say, you know, a Sunday afternoon or something like that, walk about, big walk with a dog, go to a couple of markets, maybe get some lunch, sit in a pub. That would be nice to do again. Have I got used to buying cans in the house? Yes. Do I feel like I'm going to go back into a, a shite pub again and spend £5 a pint? I probably will have to, but I'm going to begrudge it. That's the other thing that's going to be the issue. How many of us are now realising that the money we spend in a pub is ridiculous? How much money is has been taken by these large breweries? If there's breweries out there turning over tens of millions, hundreds of millions of pounds of profit every single year, then surely if you strip that down to the, to the base floor the cost of the product that's been sold to the public is too high. If a brewery, somebody who makes beer, is turning over a profit of tens of millions a year profit, then the price for its product is too high. Now, does that mean that smaller breweries are going to be able to come in there, more independent stuff? Hopefully so. Does that mean that the, the, the demand for, you know, beer and supply will increase? Hopefully so. You know, maybe we've just got to try and look at the positive things for this. That's what I'm trying to say. I, my biggest things is is food, right? If I spend money on food, I love I love good food. I like going to restaurants. I like eating out. That's what I like to do. I've not been able to do that since lockdown. And I do miss it. I do miss going to a nice restaurant and having a nice meal. Now, I don't do it every week, you know, I would love to, but I fucking, hey, we're skin-toed, man, right? But, what I expect, no, that's, that's wrong to put it, what I am willing to accept now will have completely changed because I am no longer willing to spend what I think is reasonable money on a meal on a night out to receive shite back and that's maybe what's got to change because we really don't have that customer service side of things nailed down in this country we, we it's just knowing our nature you know we're not american sometimes i wish we brought americans in to run that service industry 
we have the attitude here i think of you know if you go to a restaurant or a cafe or or one of these you know hipster food places that I went at the weekend oh excuse me they have got the attitude of that they're doing you a favor you know so that's got to change um i think people need to be far more responsible with their money and and think what it is they're doing and be a bit more vocal on what they're willing to accept you know and and small businesses and, and restaurant owners in particular even bars cafes everyone's got to start to take a bit more control and understand that you know not everything's owed to you you're not guaranteed a living you know and if, if what you are churning out is not good enough quality then you're going to fail you know you're going to close But get to a Calvary, man. Let's get to a Calvary. Let's let's do a gig in a Calvary <laughs> once this is over. Let's do that. Oh, spread your meat, man. Spread your meat. I was going to tell you a wee story there about a couple of mental gigs in pubs, but I think we will save that for the Patreon episode coming out this Friday on Patreon. Um, those of you who have already joined the Patreon thank you so much the army is growing month by month week by week um this episode uh comes out every wednesday free um on various podcast players um spotify itunes google Podcasts, acast stitcher iHeartRadio, soundcloud however you get your podcast uh, just search for the battlefield show and then subscribe uh, and please do share it on your socials and encourage friends and family to listen and help grow the show. But if you want to support me and support the show, then please become a patron on Patreon. Um, you will get access to all the extra content, including a Patreon-only episode that drops every single Friday. There's a whole load of extra goodies already on there, including three comedy albums and the comedy special, um, which is the only place to see it. Um, is on the Patreon. Unless you want to buy the video outright, you can do so for £5 um, on my website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. Head there for all the merch, all the comedy albums and the special are listed on there just now and links to the Patreon. Um, but if you enjoy the show and you want some extra goodies, um, then sign up now. Uh, simply go to the website, click the links or go to patreon.com forward slash Gibson. So, as if things couldn't have got any more mental, Kanye West is now running for President of the United States of America. And do you know what? He gets my vote fully endorsed by me and the podcast for Kanye West, right? I think this is the natural succession to Trump. Now, let me say this. If Kanye West becomes the next president of the United States, then I think we all need to just completely reset the world. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm laughing at some of the stuff that's going to happen, what's going to happen next, because obviously the world's crazy and everyone thinks they can't get any more mental. I saw a post the other day that Germany's going to take another shot at the title and go for the old Third World War. Not, not that, hey, that would not be the most surprising thing to happen if the Germans fancy another shot at the title. 
but Kanye West announced that he is running for election. Now, <clears throat> let me just say straight off the bat, I cannot stand Trump. I think he is a disgrace as a president. But there's part of me that thinks it's exactly what America deserves. In the sense of, it's a country that is built on hope, dreams. If you work hard enough, you can become anything you want to be. What These fuckers, right? So you, you cannot build a society and a culture that tells you if you're rich enough you can have anything and if you dream big enough it can it can it can become reality. Because then someone like Trump comes along who has wealth and power and decides he wants to be president and so becomes president. He's terrible at it, he's awful at it. But you cannot fault him for doing it because he's it's a system that's been created and it's 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 a it's a political system that in a country that let's be honest it, it was probably going to happen eventually and could Kanye West become the next president of the United States yes he could quite easily quite easily he could because that's what American politics and to a lesser extent world politics has, has now become it's, it's popularity you know it's 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 yes ticking boxes if anything the the pandemic has has shown that we don't really need governed the world continues to spin continues to move without the constant input of our overlords so it was announced on twitter as (laughs) as most political campaigns are um news article here in the guardian we've gone for a fancy paper to take uh, their view on on mr west um says here the rapper and fashion designer will face major obstacles uh, to mounting a serious campaign less than four months before the third of november election uh, west said he was running in a twitter post on saturday uh, the fourth of july holiday oh, that was right fourth of july independence day um, let's just see his tweet um, where he announced his his presidency. Uh, Kanye, uh, Mr. Yeezy, has said, we must now realise the promise of America by trusting God. That's, you've lost my vote. Unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. American flag, exclamation mark, hashtag 2020 vision. There you go. Um, <laughs> a box ticking man as long as you get God in there you know as long as you mention God you've you've got that bit of America on board Um, the article goes on to say he will have to work fast to get his name on the ballot alongside Donald Trump and the presumptive uh, presum- presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden in all 50 states plus the District of Columbia I had understood that he was past the point of being listed on some states for the ballot. Um, I thought that was the case. There are two routes to doing so, said James McCann, a political scientist at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. West could try to secure the backing of a smaller political party. Without it, he could try to appear as an independent, but deadlines for registering that we have already passed in some states including New Mexico, North Carolina, Key Bargain, right? So that's the two that's passed that he couldn't 
um, registered as an independent in New Mexico, North Carolina. So is this trying to say that he would then go to one of the main political parties and what try and replace Joe Biden? Come on. Getting on the ballot as an independent would require hiring staff or recruiting volunteers to gather tens of thousands of signatures across the US before other registration periods close in August and September, a task made more difficult by the coronavirus pandemic. Listen, that's what they want you to believe, right? They want you to believe something that would be difficult to try and put them off. If you think for a second that Kanye fucking West, who will have a far greater reach than any other political candidate. If you're telling me that he couldn't get thousands of volunteers and tens of thousands of signatures across America within a matter of hours, you are a fool. Maybe something like this is exactly what American politics needs. Now hear me out. As someone who is not an American and does not live in America, it's easy for us to comment. But maybe this is what they need. Maybe Trump wasn't enough to to reset, recalibrate the American political system. Maybe it needs somebody like Kanye West to come in at the last minute and to win, to show that the billions of dollars that are wasted in political campaigning, it's not real anymore, you know? Maybe, the, maybe it shows that if you have popularity on that level that's that's all you need maybe it also shows that the the position of president as we once thought of it once regarded it no longer exists it is not the most powerful man in the world it's not the most powerful office in the world there is a layer underneath that runs american politics there is a, a group of people that run global politics are we getting back into conspiracy theories here Gibble? we might be but maybe we need to shine a further light on that. I mean, we, we're daft to think that there are four or five heads of state across the world that run global politics. That simply cannot be the case. The article goes on. It's hard to see Kanye West having a field operation, said McCann, adding with that other option would be for West to ask supporters to write his name on the ballot. It is unclear if West, a prominent Trump supporter, also known for his marriage to reality TV star Kim Kardashian West, has filed any official paperwork. Reuters were unable to reach his publicist for comment. I mean, if you're running for president, can you? You think your publicist is going to be on the phone, my man? West has previously announced plans to run for president. Without doing so, last week he entered a 10-year deal with Gap to create a line of clothing carrying the Yeezy brand name. In October 2018, he made headlines with a visit to the White House. I remember that. In a rambling, profanity-laden speech, he discussed alternative universes and his diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Three weeks later, West said he was distancing himself from politics and he believed he had used to spread messages he did not believe. Even with a serious campaign, West would unlikely to sorry, West would be unlikely to draw more than a few percentage points of the vote, peeling away similar numbers from Trump and Biden, said Larry Sabato. Director of the University of Virginia's Centre for Politics. I think that's where you're wrong, Larry. I think that is where you are wrong, mate. I think that you'd be naive to think if Kanye West was an option on the ballot between Trump, Biden and Kanye West, I think you would be wrong to think that he would only draw a small percentage of votes. He's got a long way to go even to convince us that he's serious. 
the most recent candidate to put significant effort into launching a campaign a few months ago before the election was Evan McMullen, a former CIA operative who announced his bid as an anti-Trump conservative in August 2016. McMullen appeared on the ballot in 11 states and won 0.53% of the popular vote. Unlucky, mate. There's a way to run as an outsider, but it's hard and expensive, said Nathan Gonzalez editor of Inside Elections, which provides uh, nepotism analysis of campaigns. I think West or anyone else has missed a window of opportunity to have a meaningful impact. I mean, maybe this is just Kanye being Kanye and having a bit of a distraction from the normal political sphere. But, I mean, I would I would quite like to see Kanye West as president. I think that would be fucking mental. Absolutely fucking mental. I also didn't realise that the, uh, you, you forget, I mean, because times and dates now are all over the place, but I, I also did not realise that uh, the election is as is, is close as November, you know? Middle of July now, man. I'm going to say this, it's really, I think one of the things that's kind of been getting me down recently is, uh, is the fringe, or the lack of it. Being in Edinburgh... And at this time of the year, everything's in full swing. Like, venues are being built, posters are going up, all the infrastructure's going up. It's such a it's such a massive operation, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. You, you, have, you have no idea the level of work that is involved in putting everything together. And to walk around Edinburgh now and have the streets empty and, and, and bits that would normally have like posters up on it or fencing up on it or you know you would see all the trucks coming in to to get out the venues and, and not not having that is, is strange man it's strange and uh, I think that's been getting to me because normally now I would be what well, I would be a, a good week into getting prepped for the show so normally what I would do is I'd maybe do one or two previews uh, in June uh, or maybe one in June and one in July. I would try and do a preview the, the weekend before the Fringe started. And then I'd be using this month just to go over notes and get things a bit tighter and, and decide on what I want the hour to be. And then get myself ready, you know, and talk to friends about their shows and offer advice where I could and then just get prepared for the month of August which lay ahead and now we don't have that and it's it's sad man, it's sad I, I am not a fan of the politics that's involved in comedy in the UK, in fact I hate it I'm, I'm, no, I'm not a fan, I hate it I despise it uh, I'm not a fan of the politics um, that goes on at the fringe but I do love performing, and I do love the festival. Um, I've got my own way of dealing with it, my own way of handling it. I've got it nailed to a T, and I am going to miss August. And I think that I think it could have went ahead. I know some people have disagreed with me. They said that health and safety for reasons, but I think it could have went ahead. I think to have to have given it, you know, the full month of July. Um, I think people could have got venues prepared and social distance. I think that 
some kind of infrastructure could have been in place. They could have run at half capacity. We could have even ran the festival the last two weeks in August or, or one week. But I think it could have went ahead. And it's just, it's it's depressing as the word. It's sad that it's not going to happen. And all we can do now is push ahead for, you know, 2021, which will be the new tour. Um, hopefully tickets will go on sale, you know, end of this month, start of next month. Um, it's difficult because not all the venues are, are back working yet. I am hopeful that the venues I have booked in are still going to exist in, you know, six months' time. That's the that's the biggest concern just now. I mean, touch wood, I've, I've not had any contact to say that uh, the venues are in danger. I, ha- I have spoken to one who's concerned about some, some time frames. But it, it would be it would be a terrible shame, man, if 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 we were to lose more venues or or it would close sorry to close more theatres down because of this fucking virus. So twenty twenty one is going to be a big year. Hopefully, we'll all be back out. We'll all be enjoying live entertainment again. Um, and I will be back on the road right now. I'll be on the road from uh, January to May. And I hope to extend the tour further into June um, once we get some more confirmation back. Like I said, the biggest problem just now is that no one's in the theatres. There's no one in the office. There's no one working. So although things are booked in, I'm sadly at this moment unable to to put anything on sale. Um, But like I said, hopefully we can do that soon. Uh, The new show which will be touring in 2021, is going to be called Rejoice. Rejoice is the title of the new show. And let's just say, um, take from that what you will. Will the show be a joyful reflection on the last year and on humanity? (laughs) Or will it be a deep dive into the darkness that we have experienced? Um, death, hatred. <laughs> there's there's a few things I'm still working on. There's a few things going in there. Um, but again, it's another storytelling show. There'll be some more tales of, of life, of, of, of love, of death, of happiness. And I don't think it would be possible to do a show um, without mentioning what we are currently going through and what we have gone through. But I can say this much, the show is called Rejoice and it will be as dark as you think it will be. (laughs) But 20 dates uh, booked in so far for 2021 and I suppose all I can do is hope that they go ahead and believe me, as soon as I have um, the the tickets on sale, I will be bombarding every single one of you uh, to get on there and, and book book those tickets um, because I want this to be the biggest and best tour that I've done um, and I think it's going to be one of the best shows ever. We're just going to go back to something that I've kind of moved away from, I think, um, and just try to have fun again. Just have fun. Not be concerned as to what the show is or, or what you know what the message of the show is or what I'm trying to say. Just going back to 
storytelling, being a bit dark, being a bit truthful on some things, and seeing where the show goes. The only thing that I can confirm just now is that on October the 24th, I'm going to be in Belfast at the Accidental Theatre doing a doing a tour show of the tour that was cancelled, which was White Noise. Um, on top of that, it will be some other bits and pieces as well, because right now, that is the only date that is in the goddamn diary. Um, again, October 24th in Belfast at the Accidental Theatre. If you have any friends or family in Belfast, or you fancy coming over for a wee weekend, then come and join me. October 24th, Accidental Theatre in Belfast. The very first time I will have played there. The staff seem amazing. Uh, beautiful little theatre, and I can't wait to get over there. Tickets for that are on my website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. Go to the tour dates, um, or go to Accidental Theatre's Belfast website directly. And you can get the tickets there. So October 24th, 8pm kickoff, Accidental Theatre in Belfast. Um, but other than that, sadly right now, nothing to nothing to, to put on sale anyway for 2021. But I hope to have those those tickets up for you very, very soon. Um, and also, believe me, I've been speaking to venues in Glasgow and Edinburgh. And as soon as they get any idea as to what is happening, how they can layout rooms how many people are allowed in that kind of thing as soon as i get anything confirmed i will have a date on um and a, and a gig to, to punt and hopefully you can all come along to that and let's 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 laugh let's laugh together one more time huh let's do that right uh let's wrap this up man um we're, we're dragging this one apologies for this episode team this this has just ran out of steam uh towards the end but uh, right, as always, get on the website, uh, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk, uh, subscribe to the mailing list if you haven't already done so, and if you are in or near Belfast on October 24th, get yourself some tickets for my gig at the Accidental Theatre, uh, it will be an absolute belter, fingers crossed it goes ahead. Subscribe to the show, share it on your social medias, uh, consider becoming a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash big Scott Gibson for all the extra episodes and goodies. Um, if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, then that is the only way to do so, so please do that. Right, stay safe, look after yourself, um, I will speak to you all next week, uh, any questions for the podcast then get in touch, and yes, that's it, I'm just looking over these notes quickly. Um, that'll do us okay team take care, stay safe uh, join the Patreon and I will speak to you all next week hopefully see you in a battlefield soon onwards